Social Strategy Podcast, episode 66. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey everyone, this is Vernon Ross and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, good old fashioned networking. And guys, I've got a, a great guest today. Uh, you know, our guest is basically coming to me from halfway around the world and very impressive. He, he's, he got his start and it's an interesting story. You're going to hear a little bit about it when he got his first computer. And coming from an area that was a little disadvantaged, a computer is a big deal. It's a very valuable piece of equipment. You can do everything with a computer, as you guys know. His first inclination was to take the thing apart to figure out how it worked. And that curiosity is pretty much what led my next guest into his career into digital marketing and becoming a digital strategist. And he you know, took a job like everyone else. But just there was something else that was pulling at him to to leave. And I, I know you guys know that feeling when you don't want to do what you're doing and you know that there's something else out there. Well, he didn't have a lot of mentors, so he dug into anything and everything he could find on the Internet because he knew that there was another way. He ended up basically becoming a social media and digital strategist, started his first blog, and from that eventually became a full-time blogger, and now a millionaire. He's being featured in Millionaires and Money, Sex, Sales, and Seduction. It comes out November 19th. Harneet Bahala, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Werner, and I'm really honored to have a great introduction, and I believe I would live up to that introduction and share some great information with your audience today. All right, cool, man. So uh, let's let's step back a little bit. You know, I was, when I was looking into your background and reading some stuff, um, what, what part of India are you from? I'm from New Delhi. Okay. So my hometown is in Haryana, but I'm in New Delhi from the past five years. Now, when I was talking about the whole computer thing, I thought that was interesting because it um, it parallels some stuff that I've done <laughs> when I was coming up and <laughs> taking things apart that I shouldn't have been and having to assemble them again because uh, I'd get in a world of trouble if I didn't. Tell us a little bit about that story so that people can kind of get a uh, you know an understanding of who you are. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting story to start with. Actually, it, it's all based on curiosity and the why of things. Now, uh, Vernon, I'm I'm a person who really loves the why of everything. So if you tell me a strategy or if you tell me to do something, I'm always going to ask, why should we do it? Now, same happened with when I got my first computer. I think I was like 16 or 15. I don't remember the exact age. I got my first computer. It was assembled in my in my room at like 7 o'clock in the night. So I basically, I saw it getting assembled in my system. And there were like a lot of wires and everything being equipped up uh, around each other. And everything really showed up on my screen. So... After using it for a couple of hours, I was like, hey, man, how, how is this everything working up? What kind of wires are these? Why are they showing it all of these games, all of these applications? How can I type it up? So there was, again, the why of things. And I, all I knew was there is a box called CPU in front of me, and it has all the things that are basically making it run. So I was like, 
I have to dig into this CPU and see what it has and why I don't have these things, how I can process so faster and all of these things. Now, this is really funny. So what I did was at like 11 o'clock in the night, I really opened up the complete box uh, wire by wire and tried to see <laughs> where exactly one wire fits into the another wire. Now, uh, the ending was not really so great because I was not <laughs> able to reassemble it. Right. Now... <laughs> that ended up really bad in the morning because I was scolded up for, uh, why did you open it up? And I was like, I was really curious about it. So <laughs> this was the start of everything. Now, uh, on a serious note, I love computers from, from my childhood. I'm really fascinated by this complete computers things and online things. And another part of my passion is psychology. So I always try to think how this person is thinking, how this person is reacting like this, why this person is, is behaving like this way, or why these words really meant a lot to this person and not to this person. Mm -hmm. So I believe marketing is psychology. So the mixture of psychology as well as the, my computer knowledge got me into digital marketing and uh, thankfully everything is working out really great for me into this field. Right now, one of the things that you help people do and one of the reasons I thought this would be a really interesting interview, I, and I get some of this from people, but you know, not at the necessarily the depth at the, in the background that you come from because you, you pretty much started from nothing and was able to figure out the digital space and not just from a, a consulting standpoint, but a, from a creating wealth standpoint. So when you help people, you can help someone who's just getting started in the digital marketing, trying to understand what it is, trying to understand how to create their website, how to monetize their website, how to create a funnel, a sales funnel, what a sales funnel is, the whole thing. How do you take someone that you know is just starting out after you've created, you know, basically this this huge online career, how do you help someone that, you know, I've got a bracelet that I want to sell on Etsy, but I, I know I want to scale this to more of a jewelry business. How do I, how do I build a viable business from an idea? Mm -hmm. Now, uh, one of these all things come from a lot of failures. Now, I have personally failed a ton in trying to set up this complete online business. Now, when I was starting out, I was literally having no money. I was having no mentors. I wasn't aware which courses to buy. I wasn't aware which websites to read and all of these things. So all I had was Google as my friend. So I typed into the Google how to make money online and kind of it was like, there were like hundreds of results that were coming up when one one of them was saying to do SEO, one of them was saying to do email marketing, uh, one of them was saying to establish a website. Now, all of these words were like a new Harry Potter magic words to me. Now, I didn't <laughs> right. know. I didn't know how it's going to work out. So uh, it was like a lot of late nights, I would say, or I would say sleepless nights, actually, to try to figure out what exactly eat every word means into the internet space. Now, the best part is when now people come to me, I really understand how they are feeling. I really understand what is going on inside their mind. So they actually feel like they are talking to a friend. They don't feel like they are talking to a mentor. They are talking to a, to a person who is like held so high, who is making a ton of money, who is like an internet marketing giant or something. They actually feel like, wait, this person really understands what I am feeling right now. 
and i make all of these steps so simple for them that they cannot even forget about it now uh, tony robbins has says complexity is the enemy of execution i totally get that so what i do is i always figure out all of these things and give them the right actionable steps that they can go home and do it and can produce the results that they actually want so what i do is whenever they come to me of an idea or a product or a service i help them understand please tell me what is your audience i help them figure out their audience then i help them figure out where actually your audience lives either it is on facebook either it is on linkedin either it is on google or it they are actually using certain communities certain forums or they are on certain podcast i help them figure out the exact place where their audience lives by and the last piece of the puzzle is how to get that audience to view your product and actually buy it mm-hmm. so i break down each of these steps into very simpler actionable insights that they can actually do it right now so uh, it's like once you get on a call with me i am like do these three things then i'm going to talk next to you and these things is going to be very simple things so it's like go to this website and find out who is your audience go to this page and go to use this application and create a landing page so i give them actionable insights that they can actually do really quickly and achieve the results so i would say the brain is mine the hands are there and our combination of both of these things really works out <laughs> i like that i like that yeah that tony robbins quote is uh is very true talk talk about one of the things that um cuz i know you've you've done niche site building where you you know, you create a site, you make it profitable. I'm assuming you sell it at some point or you continue to maintain that site. Tell us about one of the sites that you created that was just kind of middle of the road success and why you think it was. Sure. So one of the one of the websites I built was improveeyesightfast.com. So it was all about the eyesight niche and it it talked about how you basically can improve your eyesight. So it has all the articles that were related to uh, eyesight diseases, eyesight uh, precures, how you can actually protect your eyes, some eye gla- eye sunglasses, uh, some kind of medicines that you can use or how to protect your eyes from if you are sitting on computer every single day. Now I worked on this particular site for just a couple of months and at that moment i sold it sold it for $1000 and that was making around $100 plus every single month so that was 10 months revenue that i got in one single time mm-hmm. so that all basically did was on seo so it ranked on seo it was ranking on keywords like improve eyesight on how to improve eyesight uh, improve eyesight naturally and all of these things so it did pretty well but i'm not no more into niche sites now i i don't believe in seo actually frankly uh, i think seo is a really long term strategy and there is no point of investing so much time into doing something whether on the other hand when you can run a facebook or a google ad just right now and see the results in the next 48 hours so i'm all about creating instant changes instant results in the shortest period available so i don't believe in sc anymore right. but at that moment it was really great uh, that's that's interesting that you say that so so let's let's talk about that a little bit um i'm an entrepreneur let's say you know i want to do i want to advertise something maybe an affiliate program i found out about this amazing affiliate program um 
that you're running for a launch that you're doing for maybe this this book that you have coming out and I can sign up for it and become an affiliate and make a couple dollars off each sale. What what would you tell me to do? Okay, that's really interesting. So we are trying to get people to promote our books, right? Yeah. Makes sense. Now, we there are a couple of different things that we can do. Now, uh, we're not everything gets down to marketing angles. What a marketing angle is all about how you position yourself, how you position your product or you position your service in the eyes of the person so that they get attracted to you, right? So now there are different angles that we can go into. One of the angle or one of the audience I would say is tapping up some other authors and book owners that can actually promote my book. So it is like cross promotion. So one of the ad that I would be running up definitely would be to other authors because Author loves authors. Podcasts love podcasts. So we like people who are like ourselves. So every author is really interested to know about the new upcoming books and really wants to see what exactly is going on. Moreover, one author publishes a book and they have a lot of time in between their other books coming up. So they have to feed their audience something. So we can actually make a deal with them that why don't you promote our books in the middle of while you are, your audience is free and we can catch up on something. One of the marketing angle is this. Now, another marketing angle would be all the people who are into the book industry. So now book industry would be like editors. Uh, another one would be like online bloggers. Another one would be like podcasts. So all of these people are really interested to get some new content for their website. They want some new infographics. They want some new news. They want some something new on their website. So I can tap all of these people and tell them up that, hey, a new book is coming on all of these issues or a new book is coming on, on millionaires. I know you write a lot of articles on 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 wealth, on achievement, on all of these things. And I can create a marketing angle to give to them that why this story would actually resonate with your audience and then get them on published on all of these things. That will generate a lot of PR for me and that will replicate on all of these things. Now, another thing that I would implement over here is a referral strategy. So I can give 5% or 10% or 20% off on the first person who buys it and can give him another 20% off if he refers five of his friends that would really like his book. Now, there's again a referral strategy that would come into the picture. Another part of it would be the early bird launching. So I can do an early bird launch and give them a 50% off on that if they book it right now. Now, again, the next part can be the corporate part of it. So corporate part can be if you order some bulk books from me, like 50 or 100 or 200 for your organization, we can actually get a great deal. And I can even offer a free one-hour strategy session with your audience or with your company on how they can grow their their wealth or their marketing and all of these things. Now, there are like seven different or five different marketing angles that we are talking right now. But once we sit down on on actual, actual analysis of all of these things, we can actually come up with more than 20 different marketing angles and different marketing audience that we can capture to make a book successful. I hope it makes sense. Wow. Yeah. That, not only did that make sense, but uh, guys, you just got a complete book launch strategy in about three minutes. At the end of this podcast, I'll definitely share my PayPal email ID and you can, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you can share my consulting fees over there. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, guys, that, that, that's pretty powerful because I mean, basically what you just did is you went through 
an entire book launch strategy. So, I mean, there's new books coming out all the time. Uh, I just had a publisher on um, the last interview was um, talking about, you know, how to publish your, your book and, you know, how to get your book out. And that's actually, you know, what Nancy's thing is, is how to get your book out. And she publishes books and writes books and everything else like that. But, you know, I think it's amazing that you can, instead of trying to build a niche site and trying to go through SEO, which, I mean, it's viable, but like you said, it's a very long-term solution if there's something you want to promote. And this doesn't even have to be for the author because, I mean, this can be someone that's promoting the book or the author in order to make money. And then you can take this and and translate that into pretty much anything else that you want to that you want to do. So whether it's t-shirts, I mean, you're, you're not necessarily going to do the bulk ordering thing with a corporation, but there are ways to approach someone for bulk ordering. So if, if it's a cause related thing, like um, something to support firefighters or veterans or something like that, you can contact those groups for bulk ordering along with other people that would be interested in it to promote and sell and do whatever else it is to, to get the word out so that you can basically get a big hit and you can do all of that via Facebook marketing. That is, that is a really, really interesting strategy that you just put out there for free guys. So uh, make sure you uh, send your PayPal's to uh, Arnie. (laughs) That's amazing, man. So, you know, something that you said earlier that I thought was interesting is that when you're talking about social media, a lot of social media people will say, oh, well, you know, you have to be everywhere. I like the fact that you said something that I tell people all the time. You, you need to pick your strongest network and, and pick the network where you're the most relevant or you want to be the most relevant or that fits your communication style best. Claim your spot everywhere, but communicate and build an audience on whichever network you're focused on. So I like the fact that you said, you know, are you on Twitter? Are, is, is Twitter your strongest? Is Facebook your strongest? Is LinkedIn your strongest? And I love the fact that you mentioned LinkedIn because not a lot of people do mention it at all. Why do you think you your, your strategy is approaching an individual network versus trying to be everywhere? Yeah. So, Bernard, I personally believe you have to give your 100%. And anything, if you are giving less than 100%, you are not actually capitalizing on all of the things that you can. Now, let me give you a quick example of that. Uh, Let's say you are into the fitness niche and you run a gym and you have some information products on how to be fit and all of these things. There are two kinds of copywriters that are rotating around. One of them says that I am the fitness copywriter. And other one says, I am a copywriter. If you are into any niche, I can write a copy. Who do you think you can actually go for? Well, yeah, you got to go for the fitness guy. Exactly. Now, the same thing happens with all the different platforms. Every person says, see, people are everywhere. People are not everywhere. Now we have to think why people are on a particular platform and what their thinking is. For example, if we open Facebook... Let's forget that we are marketers. Let's say my little sister. My little sister opens Facebook to connect with his friends, with her friends. She is not there to buy a real estate flat. She is not there to buy a BMW. She is not there to actually purchase a $5,000 necklace. She is there to actually connect with friends. So anything that has more of a 
personal use would go good on Facebook rather than on LinkedIn. Now, when a person logs into LinkedIn, he is into a state of mind that he needs some new jobs. He is looking forward to expand his career. He is looking forward to expand his professional network. Now, he is not there to find a girlfriend. He is there to find a job. Now, if you want to market something like uh, a computer servers or you want to market something like corporate bank accounts, then LinkedIn is your audience. I personally feel people are everywhere, but their emotions when they log on to particular things are different. We have to capitalize on that, number one. Now, this is something I am saying a little off topic. I know that. Another thing, being everywhere and being a specific topic is all about your complete ownership of that thing. For example, if you ask on Facebook that, hey, I'm looking for a copywriter, everyone should be talking about your name. They should not have any other choice because you are regularly commenting on other people's status. You're regularly liking. You're regularly adding value in Facebook groups. You are regularly updating your status and all of these things. So you are building a strong community. And moreover, you are present there. Now, if you have five hours every single day to market yourself and you spend first two hours on Facebook, another two hours on LinkedIn, then one hour on Twitter or, or half hour on Twitter and half hour on Periscope or half another hour on, on Pinterest, Everyone is going to rotate around. So if anything comes between 1 and 3 and you are on Facebook, then only you can cap on that. But if anything comes on Facebook between 3 and 5, you are not there. You are actually busy on your LinkedIn marketing. So I think this is a poor strategy to be everywhere. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, I, you know, I don't think that was off, off topic at all. It makes, it makes perfect sense that you, uh, you really can't build a strong audience anywhere if you're everywhere because you can't be everywhere. You'll miss people when you're messing around on some other platform and you won't be able to connect to them. So, and I've, I've done that before. You know, I've been on trying to mess around with Facebook and I'm really, I'm not that crazy about it. I, I'm more lean towards Twitter and LinkedIn and I miss a message on Twitter and it's, you know, now it's two hours old and the person was trying to have a conversation and I've missed out on the conversation because I was on a different platform worried about that platform. Exactly. Now, if you have a really good team and if you really have that kind of uh, resources and strength, then I believe you have to, you can get everywhere, but not in the initial stages for sure. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So, Switching gears a little bit, you, you do quite a bit of speaking uh, as far yeah. as digital, digital strategy is concerned. Being in India, and I, I get this from a lot of people, um, when I go out and do speaking gigs and I'll, I'll talk to people in the audience or other professionals that have done speeches here and there, and the biggest challenge is how do I get paid to speak? I can't seem to get paid to speak. Everybody wants me to come, you know, to these places and talk about, you know, whatever their thing is. But the first question is, how did you get paid to speak? I don't understand it. So since since you're an Indian and I think people will have a certain connotation just like, OK, India is a huge country and, you know, it's not like the United States where there's conferences every day all the time. At least I think that's what people think. How did you build a speaking career being based in New Delhi? Sure. Now, there are two different aspects of that for sure. Number one is when you are starting out. 
Now, any person who is looking for to start his speaking career should definitely go for a free free speaking sessions. Now, you don't have to position yourself as a free speaker. You have to position yourself as a person who is willing to waive his fees if he, they are giving you a good audience. So you you are not a free speaker. You are a speaker who is waving off his fees. That is a lot different than having a free speaker on board. So what I initially did was I looked upon all the places where the events and and these opportunities were there there were like colleges that were doing digital marketing seminars there were some corporations that were doing it so what i did i approached all the event organizers and told them that hey i just checked up that you are doing digital marketing events on every single university that i i know about and you are doing it on a consistent basis every single month and there is a lot of audience that comes to you now i am a digital marketing expert and i have really expertise on all of these things i would really like to talk about xyz now this xyz has a really great marketing angle you cannot say i want to talk about digital marketing strategies no it is not that thing so what i did was if a person is doing for a university i know their audience is students and students are more interested about how to get a job how to make a career or how to make a career out of digital marketing so what i did was i pitched them the idea say hey um i want to speak about how to use digital marketing to land your dream job and moreover i know this is our first mutual connection so i am i am more than happy to waive my fees off to get it started now that unique marketing angle and giving them a sense that i am waving my fees off for them actually gave me a lot of yeses so this is the first strategy that i use to actually start getting speaking gigs now the second part of it is how to get paid for it now figure out where are the event or events going on that have an entry fees so they are actually charging people to get into it so it might be uh, $200 $500 or $1000 whatever it is but they are charging a fees to get people in now calculate the number of people that actually go to that event so example they are charging $200 per entry and there are like um 100 people going into the event you know that the that the person who is organizing it has a 20000 dollar budget in his pocket that he is spending on different things now you pitch them up with a great marketing angle and tell them like uh, like my fees is like 2000 dollars but i am more than happy to waive off 50% of that because this is the first connection we are doing and i would be more than happy to get it started so i actually built my complete speaking career on based on these two things one oh, the marketing it. angle i gave them another one the wave of my fees yeah no i love that because it not only it it removes the barrier of entry and it it automatically establishes value with the person that you're talking to so you're an expert you're approaching them and guys her needs work with some of the largest brands in the world and you can go out to his website and check it out so i mean he's he's legit and when they go out there and they see that and they're like wait a minute he's willing to come here and speak and he's going to you know either waive fees you know when you very early on or waive half of his fees so that we can get an idea of whether or not this guy is going to wow our audience and we're not taking the risk of paying full speaker fees and it doesn't eat into our profit they would just have to just not want you to be there in order to say no so that is a that is an amazing way to get a yes as far as you know speaking is concerned that's 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 awesome advice thank you and yeah it, it actually works all the time so whenever next time you want to get charged like $5000 
for an event tell them you charge $10000 and you are giving them a 50% off <laughs> they, they, they they would be more than happy to pay you your actual fees <laughs> right right it's just like retail now, guys you know <laughs> yeah so if any any of the event organizers is, is listening to this show please don't email me about that then because you know my strategy now <laughs> <laughs> right right now that's awesome so you know what's funny is i was looking at um the the millionaires and money website and they actually have a bunch of questions that they ask. And for you guys that are curious, I'm going to put the uh, link to this in the show notes because the, the book is launching on November 19th. It's 15 millionaires with a $1 billion combined net worth. And, you know, Harnita is right at the top of that list, which is impressive. And one of the questions is, how did you make your first million? So how did you how did you make your first million? Now, um, it was all about Vernon with the help of a real estate client that I got. Now, uh, I always believe you should not charge based on your projects or based on your services you give. I always charge people based on the value I provide to them. So, for example, if, if you come to me and you, you tell me that I, you want to grow VernonRoss.com, let's assume that. And uh, you tell to me that, okay, you want to generate an extra $500,000 a month or whatever whatever the number looks like to you. I would not charge $5,000 from you to give, give my, my strategy and my consulting. I would basically charge an upfront fees from you and and tell you to give me a percentage of the income that you are generating out of my strategy. So this is a pretty long-term strategy that I'm talking about. Now, uh, this real estate client came to me and they told me that they're looking after a new project. They want to sell all of these flats and how they can do that. They already knew the power of digital marketing. So they, they told me that they actually do want to do everything on, on online only. So I basically got a, a, a big upfront fees for them because they were having like 1,000 flats. And then I got a percentage of every sale that was generated through digital marketing. So this was the exact process that I used to make a million dollars. Now, uh, for every person that is that is into the service business, I, I strongly recommend you don't go on a retainer model. Uh, don't go on a value per project model. Always go on the value that you add into the other person's life, and they would be more than happy to pay you. Because you are only charging a a small percentage of the total outcome that they they are making up. No, that's brilliant, and you know I've I've heard that strategy before. I believe Dane Maxwell talks about that um, in creating a software as a service to get the actual person or the company that you want to develop the software for to get them to pay you up front, basically to develop the perfect software for them. And then charge them a percentage, you know, based on profit, depending on how they're using the software or a, you know, a monthly fee to maintain it or something like that. But what you're saying is a totally different way of doing it. Basically, you're getting equity based off of the value that you create. And if you don't create the value, you don't get anything from it. So they're not really risking a lot by paying you, you know, uh, $2,000, $3,000 a month plus whatever, you know, startup fee that you always, that you have, and people have a hard time justifying startup fees. So, you know, and freelancers in my audience, you guys will know that when you go to pitch a contract or you go to pitch any kind of job, the first thing you're going to say is, oh, well, you know, my startup or my retainer is is this plus, you know, $1,000 a month or $2,500 a month. And you just kind of sit and wait for the, um, 
well, <laughs> but if you, you know, if you're doing what you just recommended, which I think is brilliant, a small upfront fee or an upfront fee plus equity in what, you know, in every sale. So, you know, pay me a percentage of every sale plus this, that way it minimizes your risk and you know that I'm actually producing the results that you've asked me to produce and I'm doing it at a rate that's, you know, making you happy because we're, we're doing it. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a really, really good strategy to use. I love it. Exactly. Now I, uh, one I actually hate when, when I add another hundred thousand dollars to, to some other person's life and they're like uh, paying me $5,000 and saying, okay, thank you for your, <laughs> right. thank you for your, thank you for your services. I really enjoyed working with you. Now I'm like pissed off. I'm like, okay, wait, I, I added a hundred thousand dollars to your life. Yeah. I'm, I'm not worth $5,000. So I think uh, if you are a real deal, this really works for you. But if you are like fake it till you make it, don't implement this strategy. It will, <laughs> it, it will, it will actually ruin your business, and then you are gonna come back to this. You come back to me. Actually, Hamid ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. No. You you can't. You got to be the real deal. You can't be afraid to actually know what your value is, or afraid to know that you can deliver. Because I think too often with consultants, and Hamid, I'm sure you'll agree that. You know, a lot of consultants, a lot of marketing um, people, a lot of strategists will say, oh, yeah, this will work. But, hey, I'm not responsible for your outcome. You know, I've told you the strategy, but I can't guarantee that you're going to make any money from it. So you have to be willing to put your money where your mouth is. Exactly. Wow, that's awesome, man. I love it. I love it. So when you talk to someone that's already established, uh, a freelancer or a consultant that's doing business and stuff like that, What's the what's the one piece of advice, not necessarily, you know, a business strategy, but what's the one piece of advice that if you had to give just one that you would give them to help them understand how to basically run their business and get to that next level? Okay, so uh, one and after working with a lot of big names out there and after working with a lot of people that are making a consistent money out there, they all lack one thing, and that is authority. Now, uh, whenever a person comes to me and they want want to establish their business many folds or they want to uh, be long-term player into the market, I always tell them, be an authority and be a brand into your market. Now, all you, now let me tell you about that. If there are people lining up to wait to work with you, you can actually charge a lot premium prizes from them. Uh, for example, if you establish yourself as a really authority and a really a person that that can actually help people in a, in a lot of different sense, and you have a lot of lot of big testimonials, and a lot of people are waiting to work with you, then you can actually get paid two uh, x, three x, or even ten x than the actual price that you are charging right now, and that can help you scale up really quick. So. Uh, uh, so if you talk about establishing yourself as a brand and an authority, I give them a couple of different advices on them. Number one is public relations. You should always use a PR firm or a PR expert to help you get featured on some of the best blogs, some of the best podcasts, um, get you on TV shows, magazine shows, and all of these things so that people actually know about your real deal. Now, another thing that you can do is strategic alliances getting yourself along with some of the popular names in the market so that you meet them, you stay with them, you network with them, and you have 
are common grounds to talk with each other. Hey, I I I am working with Frank Gunn. Hey, I I know Tony Robbins. Hey, um, I'm really I know Brian Tracy. So every so you actually get yourself positioned as a brand as an authority, and then people actually want to pay you a lot of money upfront. Right. No, that's that's yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That's a good piece of advice. I think a lot of uh, a lot of consultants, a lot of people out there, don't take the time to actually build themselves as an authority in their particular field. They're they're basically stuck in the weeds. They're in there trying to grind it out and hustle for every job, but not taking the the full approach to creating the a brand image. And you see more of it, but you don't see enough of it. And of course, podcasts and and blogs is a is a really awesome way to do it. Yeah, uh, a lot of people Vernon don't don't actually understand the meaning of branding. Uh, running an advertising is not making a brand. Running an advertising is trying to get a customer. It is not a customer you get is not equal to a brand. There is a lot more different scenarios that are running around to make a brand. So I think a lot of people are are misunderstanding the term branding, and that is why they are doing it wrong. Uh, a person came to me a few weeks back. And he was saying, like, I want to establish myself as a brand. So how do you think I can do that? I told him some different different strategies that were very different from what he was thinking. So he told me, hey, uh, can I run Facebook ads to build my brand quickly? So I was like, wait, you you cannot <laughs> run a Facebook Facebook ads to announce that you are an authority. It it would be like uh, doing your praises. It would be like doing your praises from your mouth. So it would be like, "Hey, Vernon, Harneet is a brand. So I am, I am on your show. You should be honored that I, I am on your show." It, it would be like that. So it, it, it's, it's, it's not actually an authority. It would be like, uh, I don't know the exact word to say onto that, but it would be like really uh, arrogant and really kind of into self-esteem a lot. Right. So I think people are misunderstanding the branding term, and that is costing them a lot of business. No, it, it's valuable that you said that because I, I I get that a lot from people, and they're like, "Hey, you know, I'm an expert, and you know, look look at how I talked about I'm an expert." It's like, well, wait a minute have you <laughs> have you demonstrated this at all anywhere? <laughs> exactly. That is that is funny. That is uh, that's funny. funny actually. And now uh, you always know that you have to stay away from these kinds of people. So anyone that comes up, I am an expert. So I'm like, great man, enjoy your life. I'm not an expert. Let me try to become an expert. Then we can talk actually. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Stay away from these people. Yeah, always, always be uh, leery of the person that starts with, yeah, I'm a guru. I'm a guru. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How funny. So you know, um, I wanted to ask real quick before we before we wrap it up. What's your what's your routine like on a daily basis when you when you get up and start? And I think uh, I've not really focused on this, or I actually ever asked this question of any guest except for one, and that was because this whole thing was focused on his morning. Uh, it was how how Elrod talking about the miracle morning? But mm-hmm. what what do you do? How does your how does your morning start? Because I think it's important that when you're an entrepreneur and when you're starting your business and when you're trying to focus on building a business and that may not necessarily be your main thing, the way that you start your day is vital to your success. And I'm pretty sure you have an interesting routine of starting your day. (laughs) Now, uh, before I start about my morning routine, Vernon, I I want to accept that I'm a workaholic. So I'm a person who is like working a, a lot and 
is try always like busy on in, in in his work trying to accomplish these things and trying to set up everything going on and helping out my business to grow now if you talk about my morning routine it actually starts at like 5:30 or 6 at max in the morning mm-hmm. so i am like uh doing meditation doing some morning rituals and then going for a walk uh with a couple of good friends that i have so we always talk about uh business economy ideas and all of these things on our morning walk that we do so i come home by like 8 o'clock and by 8 to 9 i get ready get my breakfast and all of these things by 9 i am usually in my office uh till like 2 o'clock in the afternoon so after that i i take a take an hour break to have my lunch and to get relaxed a little bit after that uh, by 3 i am like busy with my client meeting still 7 o'clock in the night uh, in the evening most probably uh, that is outside my office so either we are in their office or i am in like starbucks or mm-hmm. uh, sitting in some hotel and trying to see what exactly is going on uh by 7 i get back to my office and i am like till midnight i am in my office <laughs> uh, i i return home like by 1 o'clock and try to sleep by 2 2:30 and then all across in the morning again so i'm pretty much workaholic but i'll try to control up in the next couple of years well you know what hearing that though that's not that's not too bad actually that's uh so for everyone that likes to use a hustle hashtag that's real hustle <laughs> you know starting at five ending at one getting a few hours of sleep and then going back at it again and i love it that's how gary vanderchuk does it he's you know he's always out or coming in at one two o'clock in the morning from working not from being out at the bar partying but i love the fact that you said you start your day with you know meditation morning ritual you know going for a walk with friends even though you're talking about um, business and money and stuff like that you're still spending some time to honor yourself and not just immediately the first thing you do is oh well, well I checked my email <laughs> <laughs> no I I never, yeah. I never do that <laughs> right and that's that's so important because I think so many of us with these digital devices that are so close to us usually it's our alarm clock and everything else the first thing people do is they get up and they check their mail and then they start and I can't recall who said it but email is someone else's agenda. So, you know, don't don't start on a, anyone else's agenda before you start on your own, which I I just think is extremely valuable and I'm just glad that along with every other successful person that I've ever talked to that you have very similar if not almost the exact type of routine where it starts with meditation, honoring yourself first, then, you know, getting a little bit of exercise. even if it's a walk, the gym, whatever it is, then, you know, fueling yourself and then getting into your day. Now that's that's a that's a powerful strategy and I'm pretty sure that points to a lot of the reasons you're as successful as you are. Exactly. I believe consistency is really important and I try to be consistent with my work as much as I can. And I think that is the real difference between uh, a dabbler and a person who actually achieves something. Yeah, 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 it is. Man, this has been an awesome uh interview. I really did enjoy talking to you and learned so much. This is uh this is interviews that you got to go back and listen to and and take notes. I've got a couple pages of notes and everything that we talked about is going to be in the show notes along with some links and some highlights about some of the stuff that Hernie said. So, 
definitely make sure you go back, listen to this episode, take some notes. Uh, if you guys want to connect with Harneet, you can connect with him on his website, harneetbahala.com. That's going to be a link in the show notes. And you can also, that's you can find him like that on Twitter. Is there anyone else, anywhere else, Harneet, that you would like for people to be able to connect with you? Uh, my website is the best place to be on uh, to connect with me. And the second best place is my Facebook personal profile. So it's like facebook.com forward slash Harneet Bhalla. That's my profile. I would love to connect with each and every person in this earth. Awesome. And I will definitely link up to that in the show notes and uh, we'll be, we'll be talking soon, man. That's great, Ross. And I really enjoyed having a conversation with you. I think this was a a really great mind uh, information sharing plus a funny session that we had. I really enjoyed talking to you and I believe we would have a strong connection. Oh yeah, definitely, man. We 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 have similar personalities <laughs> and sense of humor. That's so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Pretty great. Thanks, one. All right. Okay, so did he bring it or what? Can you believe that was a three-minute strategy on building your online business? And that's starting from nothing. I asked him, hey, how would you build this if you had to start from nothing? And gave him an example. And Harneet took it and quite honestly, as far as I'm concerned, hit it right out of the park. That was at minute 17, uh, about 47 seconds. So 17 to 47 seconds. There is a timestamp in the show notes out on the website. So definitely go out, check out the show notes. And there's a link right there, right at the end of the first paragraph, right before the more tag. Just go out, see it. You'll see it. Click on it and you'll jump right to that part of the podcast. If you want to listen to that again, it was so valuable. I took a ton of notes and I mean, he really brought it. Has such a good time talking to him. He's so knowledgeable and just one of you know one of the times that you know you just really connect with a guest. And we hit it off, and we're Facebook friends now. By the time I'm recording this portion of it, and uh, I have fun with it, and I hope you guys enjoy it as enjoy listening to it as much as I did recording it. I actually. You know, I just absolutely love podcasting because you get a chance to connect with such knowledgeable people and wonderful people that are so giving of their knowledge and of their selves to help improve other people's situations. So take advantage of the knowledge that you've been able to get from this episode and apply it and tell me how you're applying it. You can email me Vernon at VernonRoss.com. I want to know how you guys are using the stuff that you're learning on the podcast and if it is making a difference to your business. I want to know this stuff and if it's not... Let me know why it's not and what your challenges are. I'm here to help, and so are the guests. They're, they want to help you. Don't not take advantage of that situation. Anyway, um, make sure you go ahead and tag me on Instagram. I'm, I'm liking the interaction that I'm getting on Instagram. I've changed up a little bit. I'm doing a lot more posts on Instagram now and getting a lot more back from you guys. So I was asked to do uh, you know some more inspirational stuff and get that stuff out there. So some of those messages are coming and just posting more on Instagram. So you can go out, follow the link in the bio that's going to take you out to the Social Strategy Academy, which is what the podcast is sponsored by. That is my online course platform, and I'm using that platform to get the word out about the different trainings and stuff that I offer that you guys can get a little bit more. So if you want to know more about LinkedIn, you want to know about more about Periscope and actually how to use Periscope or social media in general. I'm going to be launching a new course on social media that's really a social media masterclass. And it's going to take you from beginning all the way through some of the more advanced stuff. And it's a great general overview of all of the current social media platforms and how you can be maximizing what you're doing on those platforms. 
So check that out, socialstrategyacademy.com. The link is in my bio, out on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Ross PR, on Twitter at Ross PR, and pretty much everywhere at Ross PR, except for on Facebook. I'm Vern Ross. Look for me on Facebook too at that address. And of course on Snapchat. I know I said it's the devil, but it's actually pretty useful and I'm having some fun on Snapchat with how the interaction is really that one-to-one at scale that everyone is looking for. So Gary Vaynerchuk was right when he told me that, hey, Snapchat is one-to-one at scale, you should use it. So I'm using it and I'm actually getting some good results from it. And so with that, guys, we're going to go ahead and get out of here, and I will see you in the next episode.